for a quick reaction podcast of sorts. Well, you can see that I don't have my crazy banners. It's just my bed. But Brian and Rob were kind enough to, to be able to join me tonight to talk about the emergency ban that's freaking out the Magic community. Um, how's it going, guys? Oh, it's going, KYT. Everything's going great. Just another day in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to try to quickly read the announcement quickly for, to catch people up who haven't, uh, for some reason, haven't seen the news. Fellow Guardian is being banned effective Friday, April 28th. Why are we making this call now? And why didn't we make it in our regular BNR announcement on Monday? The answer is data. We knew going to Monday that <laughs> the Sahili Feldar combo was a significant issue for Standard and we're watching it closely. Our rationale for waiting was to make sure we only needed to take one and on, only one action to correct a standard environment. Our plan was to monitor early play behavior and pro competition and make a call following Pro Tour and Monquette. Since the initial announcement for the first time ever, we pre-released a new card set on Magic Online before the formal release date. This happened on Monday. What we expected to take a few weeks to understand has ended up taking two days to form a clear picture of a metagame unbalanced by the copycat combo. As even its natural predator, Mardu Vehicles, fell behind. Couple this with consensus among a wide sampling of pros and feedback and pizza from our community, and we decided to take action. Sahili Feldar's win-loss ratio and metagame share has actually increased since the release of Adam and Cat. In Magic Online Standard League since Monday, Sahili combo was made up approximately 40% of 5-0 and 4-1 decklists, up from prior to Adam and Cat's release. While we never take decisions like this lightly and recognize this as a change from the norm, when a plurality of the data points in a clear direction we will take action we also understand we shouldn't let combos like sahili feldar get out the door in the first place for that we take ownership and are making changes to try to prevent this from happening again but our highest priority is keeping magic fun and enjoyable for our players we believe this banning coupled with a number of internal testing process improvements will be significant steps towards making standard the fun dynamic format we all want it to be in perpetuity as always we're looking for feedback and then their social media channels are, are they're okay, Brian. I'll let you take away. They were looking for data. What's your What's your thoughts here? I have so many thoughts. I I I have to remind myself to breathe, to take it slowly, to not just go off on a complete like. Who's the, Who's the guy from Infowars? Alex Alex Jones. That's name. What is where his face turns red and it looks like he's about to explode? Because that's how I feel right now. All the disaster and doom and gloom that we have kind of been forecasting and expecting for weeks and even months with the expansion of these, these ban announcements has now come to fruition. So I, I was trying to summarize my thoughts. I was talking about this a little bit on Twitter. And I'm very happy that this combo is banned. I didn't want to continue playing standard with cat combo in it. I've said that from the beginning, it's something that shouldn't be in standard. So I'm very happy about that. And I am simultaneously so, for the first time in the history of Magic, so concerned about the future of the game because this is such a colossal process failure on every conceivable level. It's not even funny. And, and the way I explained it on Twitter was that what Wizards did was set the parameters for banning. They then expanded those parameters for banning. They then failed to act within their new, more expanded parameters that gave them more access to these, to these decision points. And then, access, then they acted outside of the parameters completely and did whatever they wanted anyway. So now, not only are there more open ban windows, 
but there's just the possibility of bans at any point in time. There's, there's no meaning anymore. There's absolutely no structure to banning, and something has to be happened to shore up this process with 100% certainty. Wizards acted to shore up the reserve list with 100% certainty. They said nothing will ever happen to change this reserve list. It'll stay here forever. This is how it's going to be. They need to do something similar with banning. There needs to be fewer windows, and it needs to happen immediately. I was just speaking with a good friend of mine who owns an LGS. He is feeling the impacts of these decisions. He is concerned. He does not like the direction that Wizards is taking. And, and I'll be honest with you. He's a very successful L- LGS owner. He does a very good job diversifying. He knows you know, how, how to play a bigger game than just, I need to get people in my store. So he's going to be okay. But he still feels the pinch of decisions like this. He says players are quitting. Players are not coming back. This is so disastrous. And what's funny is I, I, was, I was telling my wife I was about to go live with a podcast, and she's like, well, you don't podcast on one of these. I go, yeah, there's emergency stuff going on. And she's like, well, tell me about it. She doesn't, she doesn't play magic, but you know, she humors me. And so I, I explained exactly what happens. And my wife is a very successful businesswoman. She's very good at what she does. And I told her how there's all these processes in place, and they kind of failed. And she's like, it sounds like they're a corporation in complete and utter disarray. And I couldn't agree more. I, I am concerned about the state of Wizards. And this combined with some other stuff, looking at like Glassdoor reviews, where if, if you don't know what Glassdoor is, Glassdoor is a site where you can review employers for people who are thinking about working at that site. Wizards Glassdoor reviews are abysmal. They're really, really bad. I, I am strongly worried about internal strife, about a lack of clear direction. They just happen to make the most beautiful game in the entire world. And honestly, I've always saw myself as, as wanting to maybe one day work for Wizards. And I'm probably throwing that out the window today when I say that the company looks like a complete clown show. And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I still, in my heart, think like I want to make magic because I love magic so much. But what the hell is going on over there? Like, things are so bad right now. For this failure of communication to happen, there has to be just multiple, multiple problems throughout the organization at a leadership level, uh, at a resource level. I mean, they didn't have people to properly test this format. They didn't have the right people in place to even find the combo existed. So how many failures do you have in your supply chain right now? Look, Richard Garfield made the most beautiful game in the history of the world. I truly and completely believe that with all my heart. And in some ways, it's almost impossible for Magic to fail because it's that good. It's that good of a game. But man, are they trying really hard right now. And I know their job is so hard. I really do know that. If anyone from Wizards is listening, please understand. I know you have a challenging job. But I mean, I'm unemployed now. But when I was a lawyer and went to work every day, my job was challenging and I found ways to succeed. And I'm sure when Rob goes to work, his job is challenging and he works through those problems and he finds ways to succeed because people count on him. And KYT works hard for the people who love man deprived the people who love face-to-face games and he finds problems and he fixes them and he finds ways to get things done and wizards is not getting things done right now i am i am freaked out about this band man it, it is it is not good not good news and uh now for a positive spin on, on the topic <laughs> we got robert uh, lombardi here as he's I mean, Rob, this is in some way i feel like people going to the pt feels like this is somewhat of a good news uh, in a way, this is definitely, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's better than not banning anything. <laughs> That's for sure. It's probably not better than unbanning everything, um, and it's definitely worse than just making the right decision. Like I remember after GP New Jersey, everyone thought at, after that tournament that the <laughs> the combo was getting banned, and then they left it the whole time. 
uh, for, I don't know, no reason, I guess, and then thought that Amiket was going to fix it, <laughs> then left it in their first announcement, like, that the PT was going to change things. Like, you have the whole pro community screaming at you, like, hey, this is the stupidest thing that you've done in Standard in a long time. And uh, they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll just, we'll just see how it goes. I just <laughs> I love the quote from Aaron Forsythe in his article. It's like, yeah, yeah, we wanted to collect four weeks' worth of data before making the decision. But you guys made it obvi- obvious to us in just two days of moto. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I the PT is going to be much more interesting. I think people will tune in and they'll see interesting decks. I think the format is quite a bit more open. Um, it'll be interesting to see like how Green Black and Mardu kind of morph and how they evolve with the rest of the decks that are now viable. That uh, cat combo is gone. So, like, I'm, I'm excited to get testing. I'm very annoyed that I lost, like, nine days or whatever of useful testing. I don't have, like, a, you know, a 20-person team or whatever. I'm going to go to a house for two weeks, and we're going to figure stuff out. We, like, have to use our time wisely, and now half of that time is wasted. So that's annoying. But hopefully, you know, I guess at least something is obvious. Soon it'll be interesting to see what happens with the SCG. Because, like, those people have been working on their decks for a bit, and now <laughs> they just, like, flipped the format right on its head uh, four days before before the Open. I, I will note, and I think it's interesting that, um, and someone have to verify this, but I'm pretty sure that every time there's been a standard ban, an artifact block has been legal and standard. Like, you had the bans from Urza Saga, and, like, that was an enchantment block that was really an artifact block <laughs> that was causing most of the problems. Uh, free mana was an issue, but it was still an artifact uh, set. Then you had uh, Mirrodin, <laughs> and then you had Scars of Mirrodin, <laughs> which, which like, a batter skull caused Jason Stoneforge to get banned. And then now you have Kaladesh, <laughs> which is causing other stuff to get banned. So I'm not sure what it is about <laughs> artifact blocks, but every time they go there, uh, you can be, you know... you're. Rest assured, something's getting banned before that block rotates out of standard. That that I can tell you with absolute certainty. <laughs> Rob, you reminded me of something I wanted to discuss a little bit more in depth, and, and that's the two days worth of data. How laughable is this as a justification for this? Like, can you think of anything more insane than saying this is the data for multiple reasons? Because one, a ton of this data already existed. This is what every knowledgeable pro has been saying for a long time. And we Certainly, we've been saying it ad nauseum on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, the data was already out there. Second, if you say, okay, invalidate all that data, what everyone is talking about, and we do, we do need this moto data, well, there's acquisition time. Like, not everyone just plunks down $300 on moto and buys the entire new set and, and starts playing with new brews right away. There's also, a, it takes time to figure these things out. Like, they thought, <laughs> if there is a deck in Amonkhet that totally crushes Sahili, they thought it was going to be found in two days. Really, that's what their that's what their thought was. It was just going to be completely solved in two days. Like this is this is crazy. There's no way this data was any justification. There has to be some kind of internal strife. So, I, I don't know, like a directive from above from Hasbro saying you can't ban cards anymore, and then they were able to point to some factor that finally Hasbro was like, okay, I guess you can. There's something going on, something much deeper that we have no access to as as players, and and you know. One of the things that's weird about the kind of open lines of communication that we keep with Wizards as players is that we feel like we know what's going on. We feel like we get the whole picture. We feel like we are informed. And in some sense, that's right. We get to know a lot more than players of a lot of other games. We do have a lot of direct communication with 
a lot of great, great people who work at Wizards and who do truly and honestly care about the game that they're making. I know that. I, I never want to disparage that. These people do want Magic to be great. They're just not doing a great job of it right now. But so we expect we know the entire picture. There's so much corporate stuff going on behind the scenes that we just don't have access to. There's, there's always, when you have levels of management, there's always going to be directives from above. There's always going to be toes getting stepped on. And I mentioned the Glassdoor reviews before. That's something that actually people who leave the company open, openly discuss. They say there's a ton of politics, uh, a ton of just like conflicting directives from various organizations within Watsi. So... I, I don't know, man. I, I can I could just go on about this forever, but yeah, the the data is a complete red herring. It's kind of like back when they banned Reflector Mage, and they said they say that they were worried about Reflector Mage taking over, um, or they were they were talking about Reflector Mage's past performance in Standard, and that was the reason they banned it. Reflector Mage was banned because it would have combined with Cat to be absolutely unbeatable, and we all knew that, but they just didn't say it at the time. This is the same thing. Using this data as the reason for these bans is. For anyone who appreciates data, for anyone who has worked with data before, anyone who has any love of scientific processes and analyzation of data, this is the biggest joke ever. This data is meaningless, completely meaningless. Nothing was gleaned from it. It's, it's not why this ban happened. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I absolutely agree. Um, I will thank uh, some people in the First Strike Nation, though, that sent me the ban like, as soon as it broke. Because I was able, I, I was on Moto drafting, and I was able to get out on Sahili Rai and Oath of Nissa before the bot stopped buying it. <laughs> <laughs> so I saved myself like uh, probably fifty tickets or so. <laughs> so thank you, uh, thank you, everyone. <laughs> Very much appreciated. Um, I don't even think you can get rid of them right now. Usually, the an hour after the announcement, or if they know the announcement's coming, all the bots will just turn their buy off until kind of everything settles and they figure out what they, they want to do after the BNR. Yeah, the yeah, mother no, is already in, in a strange spot right now anyway, too. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking a bit in the First Strike Nation about how nothing from Amonkhet is worth anything. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> I should just start buying Amonkhet rares. Yeah, absolutely. They're probably going to like go through the roof. Yeah, need to take yeah a people need them here. <laughs> need them to uh to start testing so you know everyone had just kind of passed like okay this format solved we don't need these cards and now maybe people will make a run on all the Amonkhet cards but uh, things are it's, going up it's already. funny <laughs> you know kyt retweeted today he retweeted a, a tweet from lee sharp who said that moto had its most concurrent users ever on moto yeah and that that sounds great that sounds awesome but i have a feeling if you looked at the conversion rates uh, of people who are playing magic now versus how many are using Moto. There, there's still huge problems there. Whatever. I guess I don't have to rant about Moto in this show, right? We have enough other stuff to rant about where I often complain about Moto. But uh, they, they have had issue with the Amonkhet economy and people just not being interested in buying singles, apparently. Everyone wants to draft. I've been enjoying the draft format a lot, to be honest with you. I, I really like Amonkhet draft so far. But, yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good. Yeah, nobody seems too interested in, in standard. Maybe, maybe this will spur some interest a little bit. And I wonder if that was the... That was the actual data point, right? Like, uh-oh, nobody's buying these singles. And as much as they don't profit from the secondary market, they have to keep an eye on it, especially in terms of Moto, because they are managing a digital economy in that case. So, Yeah, like if you don't have people playing standard on Moto, then you don't have drafters able to like uh, have an out for the, the garbage that they're collecting because they're drafting, right? Which means that they're going to eventually uh, stop drafting or start drafting less. Like you, you, you end up needing like an eighty percent win rate to be able to break even. Uh, so like, not where you, 
not where you want to be. Like you want the cards as a drafter, you want the cards in the set to be worth infinite. It's like, yeah, oh, there's fifty dollar rares in here. That's sick. <laughs> this makes everything worthwhile. Yeah, it must be quickly, real hard to uh, profit. Comment on the whole buying stuff because you know I had a friend tell me that, and a lot of people bought Sahili's right once they realized it wasn't going to be banned, and now. Um, Cole, Cole Clark is talking about in the chat how people are like emailing their stores or whatever if they can return them, if they've bought them already and stuff like that because now obviously the price is going to tank and the fact that this, man, how this, that's what I don't like really for the casual players, like players that uh, just buy, invest in the game who got their Spunglers copter, they're now, they're, they're useless and, and now they're going through this phase. It's just really frustrating as someone who buys and, and, and buys cards just to be able to play with them. So, I mean, I think if they were going to take this line, it would have been better. Like, they were already willing to risk the PT and these three weeks that something was going to be better than four-color. They should have just unbanned the other three cards. Or, like, maybe you want to keep Reflector Mage banned because you have a strong inclination that, like, the Jeskai Sahili deck or the, the four-color Sahili deck is going to be too powerful. But, like, at least bring Emrakul and Copter back. Like, if we're going to have a free-for-all, we're like, we're really shooting for the moon, at least let's have some fun with it, right? <laughs> and then they can they can go after the PT and be like, okay, yeah, that was stupid. Everything's banned again. <laughs> but now it's... Uh, but I don't know. It, it's, it's definitely better than nothing. It's not the absolute best thing they could have done, given all the information they already had. But uh, I'm glad that they came to the right decision as early as they probably could, given that they already had a BNR announcement on Monday. I will uh, kind of um, echo some of Brian's points about Wizards being in a little bit of trouble from like an organizational perspective. Um, last week, or I guess it's this week, <laughs> since we're doing a double show, but I did, I did have put on my tinfoil hat and said that I feel like things are getting a little sketchy and probably some heads are going to roll at Watsy due to um, like not hitting their financial targets. And that's why we have all these master sets coming out that we wouldn't normally uh, have in the same year. And I feel like them doing this is also kind of another uh, nod in that direction where I, I feel like there's going to be some shakeup. I don't think that having four banned cards in standard is going to be acceptable. Uh, at come, come the end of the year. I'm, I'm not sure that everyone's going to get out unscathed. I was doing some uh, some alternate universe thinking earlier, which is something I, I do because I'm insane. And I, I like to think about how if things were had played out in different you know, circumstances, what the universe looks like at that point. And I, I was dreaming of the universe where Mr. Garfield just stayed involved with his game the entire time and just kept working on magic and kind of kept it, you know, his, his small close neck group. And then I was like, well, that's not really realistic. He would have burnt out by now. And then I was like, well, what if, what if wizards had never sold to Hasbro? Where are we right now? And I don't know, man, I, I, these are useless thought experiments. They don't mean anything, but I, 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 like I said, I am very concerned with the state of magic as it stands. Um, but I, I am excited to play standard again. It's, fu- it's funny to kind of balance the two against each other. We're like, oh, no, the sky is falling. Oh, but at least I get to play Magic again. So uh, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, I, I coined a new word, and it was a combination of um, happy and concerned. So I, I believe I called it happened or something like that. I feel happened right now. And, and that's where I'm going to stand on this announcement. <laughs> where, where do you sit on the Mardu uh, 
discussion, like thinking about uh, what happens after cat combo goes, Brian, like, are you leaning towards the back to the white red version or you still think white black is the way to go? Cause I think Chandra is more powerful than Obnixilis. And that's, uh, if I can play that in motorists, I feel better about it since there'll be like less ballistas just roaming around. Yeah. It's it's hard to see exactly like, like the first thing you do is, is revert back. Like you, you move back a little bit to old Mardu list and start thinking about where, why they were successful. Um, but honestly, a, a lot of doors are thrown open and, uh, you know, we heard this announcement 30 minutes ago, so I haven't unpacked all the ripples, but I, I, there's certainly ripples and, and some of them involve things like, oh wait, Aetherworks Marvel is still a card. Remember that card that we all hated, Aetherworks Marvel, that we were super concerned about? Well, that's a card again now and you have to account for that. So it's like, do Mardu decks need access to blue because secretly Aetherworks Marvel is the best deck and uh, is control now viable again because they don't have to deal with this you know, never-ending stream of cats that was keeping all the control decks in check. And it's kind of easy if your control deck doesn't... I mean, this was always the thing, right? If you didn't have to worry about cat combo, you were able to build your deck in such a fashion that it was able to deal with other threats. But because you had to play garbage cards like Shock in your control deck, or you just had to be able to interact at a, at a higher speed. And honestly, the things you were doing were just less efficient than what you were able to potentially do with cat combo. So the whole equation's changed. I mean, we're, we're kind of back at square one, but if I was playing in this Pro Tour, my starting point would, would be Mardu. I would figure out the best build of Mardu and just kind of jam things against that. And the, the, the first spiral from Mardu is find a control deck that beats Mardu and then find a Aetherworks Marvel deck. And that's kind of your three starting points. And then you start looking at, well, now what does Amoncat bring against these three starting points? Because there you have control combo aggro. You have the three classic pillars. And I, think you need a, I think you need a green block in there. I don't know if it's good enough, but yeah. And then you have all four, right? I, yep. I agree. Then you start start going through the gauntlet a little bit and see in... Uh, yep, you're running out of time, though. Yeah. It's exciting. I, I, I do think I'm, I'm super excited again for the Pro Tour. So, you know, hapurned. I'm hapurned all over the place. I'm it would have been funny if they just were like, Cats banned and the Pro Tour format's now modern. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> really roll the dice yeah um i I didn't even this it goes my legacy deck is gone too i was on the show this week so i didn't talk about that ban but i've been playing miracles since 2012 you can go online and find my like weird miracles deck list where i thought trinket mage was still good from five years ago and uh, i lost that deck today too or this week too so there's a lot of strange things going on for me but uh yeah it should be it should be a really interesting pro tour i'm excited for the pro tour without a doubt Well, Rob, have you been uh, you've been starting some early testing, right? Yeah, Derek and I have uh, played a, a little bit uh, testing some aggro decks, um, like base white aggro decks against four color, and like four color is just obviously better. And that testing was just like obviously so useful. <laughs> uh, and I had built a, a Jeskai Sahili deck, which I thought actually was going to be pretty good against four color. I think Sensor is a very reasonable upgrade uh, for Jeskai Sahili. Um, but we didn't get a lot of games in, and I tested a little bit, like just in the 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 Dirtle uh, room on uh, Moto, and it seemed to be uh, reasonably effective. But like the build of that deck's completely different now. Like I wasn't subsiding, uh, and you know, green black control decks and four color were popular online at that, like you know, whatever 
this week. Um, so I wasn't playing any Magnus Phrase in the main deck. Like, I feel like that's definitely going to change. I can see that both the green-black decks and the Mardu decks uh, wanting to, to take advantage of a Scrap Heap Scrounger, at least initially, until you kind of figure out, like, okay, how many Magnus Phrase can every deck afford to play in the main deck or whatever. So, it, yeah, it's... It's unfortunate. All of my data is useless, but luckily, I started drafting yesterday, and my drafts have been going very good. Um, and I've posted a bunch of my undefeated deck lists in the nation already, and it looks like I'm going to get another one soon. <laughs> so yeah, the the format uh, is better than I thought. I think. I don't think it's any cons of Tark here. I think I can say that definitively. Where do you have it on the kind of? Uh aggressive to slow scale do you see it as an aggressive format right now i know you've been finding success with aggressive decks i've played a lot lot more sealed than i have drafts so my opinions are a little warped right now but yeah i think embalm is just like not uh you really care about too much in drafts like i've seen some games going late but um it's like at a stalemate where like your opponent's at one, you both have six creatures in play, and you're like, it's like, okay, if I don't top, if I don't draw two lands in a row, like, my, you know, my opponent's dead or whatever, I just need to draw, like, some removal spell or some interactive spell, and I can get them, and, like, exert just, um, it causes those kind of game states where, like, if you're attacking first uh, with your exert guys, and you're putting on more pressure, you can keep that pressure up. It's, like, very, very difficult for your opponent to deal with that. It's, like, very similar to how vehicles were uh, in Kaladesh. So, yeah, I've had a lot of, like, turn 5, turn 6 kills. Um, and some of the some of the exert cards are real stupid. Like, the red 5 mana 4-4 four, four twins of something or whatever. It's like, if you exert anything, everyone gets plus 1, plus 0. Oh. It doesn't even have to attack. <laughs> when I read that card initially, I thought when it attacked, uh, you could exert it and give your team plus 1, plus 0. Oh. I didn't realize it was like, no, no, just it being in play and any exert triggering, then er- everybody gets big. Uh, so yeah, that card is definitely a, a, a blowout. But um, I don't know, blue card Touche is also like just so efficient. Like, doesn't cost you a card and just allows like one of these cheap like uh, three one or three two uh, guys that get like plus one plus one or plus two plus two when they exert to get up in the air. And there's not a lot of good ways to answer that in the format because the removal is poopy. So yeah, beat down it seems to be working for me, anyways. <laughs> for what it's worth, for people who are interested in the sealed format, if you're playing like GP Richmond, like I am, the sealed format, the the situation you described, where it's like six creatures in the board at a stalemate, that's every single game of sealed. You you should not look to play aggressive decks in sealed. Your embalm is a huge deal, and that and that's the problem is that your curves just won't be as efficient. Um, you're not going to curve out as often in in sealed, and so then the embalm mechanic, embalm mechanic starts making inroads into your opponent's efficiency and every i feel like every single game ends with me behind a six seven hexproof guy having established my defenses finally and eventually riding it to victory i feel like every single sealed game i play that's exactly what happens and man is that guy annoying to play kind of with and against i feel like and again this is the sealed format he may just be too slow for the um Oh no, he's good at even draft. I've definitely too. suited him up with blue cartouche many times. Yeah, and uh, he ends the game real quick. <laughs> yeah, dude, and and if you ever return a trial with a cartouche, you just win, right? Like, isn't that the oh, whole it's... purpose of the game? Is if you ever return a trial, you just get to walk away with the victory every single time. It feels, uh, it feels real good. <laughs> it yeah. feels real good, especially if you have like red red trial or something. That's yeah. when you're really doing. It. Yeah, yeah, especially especially in sealed. I I think uh, cartouches, embalming, um, trials, and 
a lot of cyclers are exactly where I want to be in sealed. I've been playing 18 lands in most of my sealed decks just because you do get to these endpoints where you want to be embalming stuff and using all your mana every turn. Um, so, yeah, it's it's funny how polarized the two the two formats are. They kind of they don't seem to be super similar to me as of right now. Um, but that's been kind of a modern trend with with sealed deck because they do build so carefully for draft. You're synergy based, so you don't keep those synergies when you get to sealed decks because you're across too many cards and and you can't build obviously. So um, yeah, but a good format so far. I'm definitely enjoying it. One of the better limited formats in a while. I think I like it more than Kaladesh at this point. Um, I don't know if it'll hold up as time goes on, but I, I would pick, pick it over Kaladesh. I would pick it over Kaladesh plus either Revolt. Uh, certainly pick it over Battle for Zendikar. I, I did not think that was a good format whatsoever. So uh, yeah, it's nice to have a good limited format floating around during these turbulent times. <laughs> but I think I feel like if you like attacking, you're going to enjoy this format. And uh, I, I agree with a lot of Brian's sentiments on, on the seal format. But if you happen, I think that if you happen to la- open that somehow that aggressive pool like i talked about monday with rob and vince where my friend opened a really aggressive exert naya deck really greedy um that he was just able to wreck me completely every single game like eight games out of ten just way too fast for me and had i just liked and i saw some of rob's decks that he posted in the nation where you know you get to play all these aggressive decks get to play expensive creatures that can just cycle when you don't need them and then you can just play them when you do so, it's a lot more consistent, and you got a, you get a lot more late game power as well with these like aggressive decks. So, man, I, I can't wait to just jump in and just draft like a, a really strong dessert deck right now. Um, I think do we do we want to talk about anything else? Let's. But I I honestly feel mentally exhausted. Like I, I kind of have a headache. I feel a little sweaty. Like I feel like I've been through a lot in the course of this whatever twenty five minutes we've been talking. Maybe it's best to, to to call it a day before I turn bright red on stream. I don't know. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I guess for anyone, I know there's like some PPTQs that might be going on this weekend, or maybe some people are playing the SCG. Ben Stark had a list at GP New Jersey that he top aided with. It was like a green-black energy deck that had uh, red in it for unlicensed disintegration. I think he might have been playing with Glass New Hell out of the board. I, I don't know if that was good. It seems like it maybe wouldn't be great, but maybe that's how he was beating Marvel. I'm not 100% sure. But I think a list like that, if you liked green-black, that's probably uh, a reasonable place to start. Then um, you can have, like, some Manglehorn and some Release the Gremlins in the board to keep, like, your Mardu Mirrors in check and then just have, like, a, a solid game plan against uh, the green-black mirror. And you're probably... The, the deck's explosive enough that I think you can probably race... Um, Marvel, but like you have access to Transgress and Lost Legacy and, and whatever, the, or Natural Obsolescence, these kind of cards. So, um, yeah, I think that, that deck looked interesting. I want to take that for a spin uh, once we get our gauntlet set up and see if it's still uh, reasonably well positioned or if it's just, you know, was a one, <laughs> one hit wonder, if you will. <laughs> and if I, and uh, along those same lines, if I was brewing and you were wanted to try something new, the idea I'm most excited about is actually Abzan right now. Kind of like an Abzan Delirium deck, looking more like the old green black Deliriums that were really big. You can probably get Ishkana into the mix again if it to, if it proves to be good. Um, the fact that you can cycle Cast Out is is a huge upgrade to that deck. I think Liliana is a very good card. There's just a lot of interesting stuff there that I, I think is more open now. And, and like you said, there are some more tools to efficiently deal with Marvel. Um, you know, it not putting an Ember Cool into play certainly leaves green black decks with with more options to be able to uh, 
um, interact. So that if I if I get some time to build standard decks, I'm a little more focused on limited right now. But if I do, I'm going to start with an Abzan Delirium style deck. Okay, good. Ship me that list when you have it, because I've also been thinking <laughs> about whether or not you could slip cast out into a uh, green black Delirium deck or not. I think so. <laughs> I think the mana will work. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it'll be consistent enough. So. <laughs> I have access to Traverse and, and uh, a tune and stuff like that too. So, yeah. All right. Um, for those of you joining us for the first time, you can check out our regular show every Monday, 9 p.m. on this channel, or check out all our episodes at slash first strike. And if you want all the goodies from our nation, which is our secret exclusive Patreon group, Go to patreon.com slash first strike for all our set reviews, for all our deck lists that <laughs> we are brewing with. So for that, thanks for joining us. Leave your thoughts, leave your thumbs up, whatever, and we'll see you next Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern.